So uh, Romans chapter 12, we've had quite a few, just while you're looking up Romans chapter 12, we, we've had quite a few um, prophecies um, in the last few weeks, and um, some of us are very familiar with prophecies and handling them, others of us less so, and it's a bit um, new, so I thought it would just be helpful. The Bible says don't treat prophecies with contempt. In other words, oh, that's nice, and then you go on your way and forget all about them. Thanks very much. Um, so I just wanted to underline a few of them before I get into the, um, the preach, and if we only get the preach half done, that's, that's fine. Um, we've, uh, they came alongside some um, remarkable um, healings, um, a healing from long-term gallstones, a healing from something called Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, both of which we heard about last week, and that was just tremendously uh, encouragement, uh, encouraging. I'm also looking to um, forward to Claire one week talking to us uh, again and giving us a story of how she was healed from transverse myelitis. If I haven't said that properly, forgive me, but those of us who've known Claire for a long time have seen her on um, sticks and in a wheelchair uh, for 17 years and she's completely healed. So that's, that's remarkable. And in that context, uh, Bill very strongly felt that we should uh, learn to expect, God was encouraging us to expect the miraculous. And uh, I didn't want to let that just fall down. It's important that we, we weigh things up. And uh, when it says weigh them up, it's not just that's right or that's rubbish. It's this is a godly person. This is a biblical. This seems to have some weight to it. This is a two ounce. This is a ten ounce. This is a two stone. Do you see what, I'm, do you see what I mean? So some of these things, and part of that weighing is when you hear, get a number of people that are prophetic all hit hearing similar things. Uh, so I just want to encourage us to take time out of my preach just to um, talk about that. So let's, let's expect the miraculous. Uh, I mean, the miraculous is always surprising, but let's pray for it anyway and uh, be surprised and be, uh, have faith that God can do more than we can. We can do very little, uh, but he can do anything. He's the God of the impossible. Um, uh, alongside that, um, Dee on um, Tuesday night was pointing out very helpfully what was on her heart was how breakthroughs come as the Holy Spirit acts. They don't come just by our strategy and planning. In fact, our plans tend to, we plan something and then we find we can't quite do exactly what we wanted and we, we adjust and uh, that's okay. That's all right. But the Holy Spirit brings breakthroughs. And she told a number of stories from the book of Acts about that. And again, it was encouraging us to look to God and believe him um, for, for breakthrough. And uh, uh, Isaac, um, Isaac, not Isaiah, Isaac, um, uh, drew our attention to, to a passage about the Antioch church, which has been foundational for us as a church, how uh, it talks about God's grace being on very ordinary people. God's hand being upon them and his grace being evident. And uh, I, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but God is gracious to all his people. But, but what does it look like for God's grace to be evidently upon us in this coming year? I think that's really exciting, isn't it? Or maybe I'm the only one. I think there's five or, five or six of us who are getting a bit, little bit excited uh, as far as mostly English people can manage. Yeah. Well, anyway, changing the subject. Um, Linda brought, a, 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 I thought, a, a fantastic word about uh, God um, giving us in, in this, uh, this coming season, uh, and it was a specific word, unconscionable grace, which I had to Google, because um, I, didn't, I didn't know that word, unconscionable, which means an unreasonable degree 
of grace. Now, grace is always unreasonable because grace means you don't deserve anything and you get given stuff. But an, un, an unconscionable amount of grace, an extraordinary degree of grace, uh, and particularly over long-term issues was one of the applications of that. Things that we've uh, been praying about and got maybe even felt stuck with for some time. So I just wanted to underline those because they seem to me to fit uh, really well together, an expectation of God's spirit moving amongst us of him doing uh, extraordinary things of him being very very gracious to us so uh, let's hold that let's not be people who treat prophecies with contempt let's pray into that all of us god your grace on my family on my life on my service on my ministry on the the amount of gifts i've got uh, on the long-term issues i'm uh, facing can we do that? So that's out of the preach time, so there we go. Uh, j- just another thing I just observed about both of those remarkable healings is there has been incremental, faithful, accumulative prayer. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? So people have prayed and prayed, sometimes prayed for months, if not years, and let's, let's be honest, been disappointed not to see breakthrough, but they've kept praying anyway. They've prayed in cold blood, raw faith, you call it what you want to there's been an accumulation of faithful prayer and the bible encourages us to pray for one another that we might be healed the word in james is recover that that signifies an ongoing faithful praying and praying and praying so if you're one of those who has done that or is doing it well done don't give up don't grow weary in doing good keep keep going and then on the other hand there's that preparing to respond to a dynamic now word where somebody hears a word about touching Jesus' cloak and thinks, that's me, and it's now, I've got to go forward, and pow, something happens. So which did it? Was it the now word and the prayer on the last moment, or, or was it the 16 years of prayer? Oh, the, tr- the truth is only God knows, or both. So there's both there, so I just want to, inc- it's just an observation, it's a pastoral observation that we do both. We believe God for the breakthrough and the unexpected and the miraculous and unconscionable, I have to really concentrate to even say it, unconscionable grace. But we also keep going and keep praying faithfully. Does that make sense? That's a relief because only Jesus can read those notes. Good. Romans chapter 12. I want to talk about, it's the last one of my preaches I haven't got long for it, so I have to speak fast. Um, last one of my preaches on uh, church being a community, and I want to talk about being a community of the Spirit. Uh, so Romans chapter 12, let's kick off there. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, uh, that refers to the previous chapters about salvation being undeserved but freely given, to offer your bodies as living... Hang on a minute, is that the right verse? Yes, it is. Uh, As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And this is the bit, the next bit I want to focus on. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. 
we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I want to talk about the church being a community of the spirit. And uh, just to say at the beginning, before anybody switches off, it's relevant to all of us. He says in verse 3, I want to say this to every one of you. And I, I know what it's like to sit in a crowd and think, well, that's all right for everyone else, but it obviously doesn't apply to me. But Paul specifically says, I'm saying this to every single one of you. Uh, and then he says, as we weigh up this thing of the body and that, like being a community of the spirit, we need to do it with sober judgment. Now, just to be a little bit vulnerable, there are two times in my life where I know that I have had the moves where I've danced superbly, that I've commanded the dance floor, that I was absolutely ace. And both times, the next morning, I realised I just had a wee bit too much to drink. <laughs> I wasn't totally out of it, but I wasn't... I, I, I didn't have the sober judgement, which I normally have, to know that I dance a little bit like a tree. You know, I can wave the top half. It's not always coordinated with the bottom half, which really ought to stay stationary and sat down admiring everybody else. That's, that's a non-sober judgment. You know when people have had too much to drink, they, they think they can sing, they think they can walk in a straight line, sometimes sadly they think they can drive when they can't. They, they lack sober judgment. And Paul says you need sober judgment. That's what he's, he's talking about here. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So he's, he's again, he's very inclusive. It's every one of us, each of us, have um, a, a measure of, of Holy Spirit gifting as a place for all of us. But we need to be sober about it. What, what does that mean? It means you don't think too highly of yourself, which is occasionally a problem. Usually, the other, it's more often it's the other problem that people think too lowly of themselves so both ends are important he says when you think of your place in in the body of Christ don't think of yourself as too too low don't don't do that on the other hand don't, don't be a drunk dancer don't, don't think you're you know you're everything and you're this and you're that and why isn't this recognized no be be sober about it weigh things up together that's what he's saying and, and do so he says thirdly with faith he says i've given you a god-given measure of faith distributed he says passed out to each of you Every, everyone has faith now faith's not a stationary thing it's like a muscle as you use it it grows he says, oh, I can't do anything, but I can't even pray. And then you pray in, in, in a small prayer meeting and you, you gradually get confidence. You get used to the sound of your own voice and, and then you can do a bit more. And then you can, faith is a muscle. By using it, it grows. There's a, there's a need for faith. Don't despise what, li- oh, that's nice, Colin. <laughs> You're right. Not for me, is it? Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Might be the Lord. Hello. Uh, he says, "Don't distribute the faith you have, because the li- even the little faith you might feel you've got is a gift from God." You say, "Oh, I haven't got much faith." Well, value the little that you've got, because he says, "This is God that's given you even the amount of faith 
you have is a gift from God. And then he goes on to speak about, in verse, from verse 4 onwards, about this uh, body with bits. He says members, the body of members. He doesn't mean church members or Rotary Club members. It's not that kind of thing. He's saying, it's the old-fashioned word, isn't it? The members of your body means the bits of your body. He says church is, is like a body with bits. And he says um, there's just one body. In verse, look at verse 4 and verse 5. God, just as each of us has one body with lots of bits and they don't all have the same function, so in Christ... We who are many form one body. That, that phrase, in Christ, is so important. See, when you became a Christian, it wasn't that, oh, I've discovered Jesus. It might have felt like, it might have felt like that. Or I'm, I responded. That, that's, that's your side of it. That's your perception. God's perception is this. I got a hold of Jim Harper and I, I put him in Christ. So when God looks at him now, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. Not, not because, He's great, well, he's great, but, but not because he's great, but because God is gracious. And, and that's what he says for every single Christian. I've, I've put you into Christ. You were in your sin, now you're in Christ. You were in darkness, now you're in the kingdom of God. I've put you in Christ. And that's what joins us to one another. Because if, if you stand at the front and look around, we are very different to one another. Don't know whether you've ever noticed that. That's a privilege I often get. We're very different to each other. What unites us is that we're, the Holy Spirit has put us in Christ. The Holy, same Holy Spirit that works in this person works in that person. We're in Christ together. That's what makes us a community. It's his grace upon us that he's put us in Christ. And then he says we're, we're, we're all bits of the body. Together we make up a body, the body of a church. If you can imagine a, a person, we're like one person. But, but some of us are thumbs and some of us are eyebrows and some of us are ears and noses and feet. We've all got different functions. And he says in verse 5, we belong to all the others. That's really interesting because he's going on to talk about gifts. And if there's one thing I've noticed about gifts, people always use the word my it's just, and, and that's fine. It's a good question to ask. What, what are my gifts? That's, that's a fair question. But, but the reality is, it, it's a better question to say, what gifts do I have to serve others? That's a better, that's a more biblical emphasis. He says, actually, my gift belongs to you. Your gift belongs to him. Her, his gift belongs to us. Do you see what he's saying? So it's, it's, it's more like, your gifts are more like being a postman. It's what you've been given to pass through someone else's front door. Does that make sense? That's, that's the whole point of it. We belong to each other. Meg belongs to me. Actually, she's married to Tom. But she belongs to me and I belong to her. Do you see, do you see what we're saying? We belong to each other. We own one another. And then in verse 6, he talks about these gifts of grace. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. The Greek word, it's a lovely little word, charisms quite difficult to say makes you dribble charisms it means literally in english you'd say something like gracelets not bracelet gracelet a, li- a little bit of grace that god's given you to wear and to own and, and then he goes through this list of gifts and uh it's not a complete list because as we'll see if we get time there's a there's a different lift list in one corinthians chapter 12 but he talks about prophesying 
which means the gift that God gives that you can bring a word from him for an individual or a situation right now. What's God saying? That's what prophecy is. Serving, I think we understand what serving is. It's, it's serving. <laughs> Profound, eh? Encouraging means to put courage into someone when they, when they lack it, to, to, to encourage them. Giving is giving. Now, some of these things are things we can all do. We can all encourage and we can all give. And we should all do both. The Bible tells us, encourage each other every day while it's called today. And I've checked and it is. And the Bible says we all ought to give. So we can all give. We ought to give. But there's people who have particular gift to give extraordinarily, above the odds. Not necessarily just wealthy people. Sometimes people are not. It's not about amount. It's about a you know, proportion and, and a heart to give and give and give. Same with encouraging. Some people have got a, a gift. They just get round everybody. Somehow they're, they're, they're just leak encouragement. They can't help themselves. That's, that's a gift. Then he talks about leading and showing mercy. When we look at 1 Corinthians 12, he adds faith. Faith is a supernatural ability to, to, to believe that God's going to do it. That's, that's a gift from God. Sometimes that's alongside the gift of miracles. So, some, some of the healing evangelists of gift of evangelism, they often have faith that God's going to do it now. It could be in, a, in another context. Tongues to speak in other su- supernaturally given languages. Words of knowledge, which is related to prophecy. That you, you, you know something. Instructing people. Words of wisdom. That's practical. What, what should we do now? We need, we need often need words from God in a leadership context. This is what this is this is what seems right to us and the Holy Spirit. Distinguishing spirits, which means where does that come from? What's just been said? What 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 spirit does it come out of? So there there are a whole load of gifts in this community. But the points I want to make is this: they're all equally from the Holy Spirit, equally. So the person that has a gift of helps, that sees someone in need and has got a gift and a capacity to help many people, that is just as much the Holy Spirit as someone that stands at the front and sees miracles done. They're, they're from the same Spirit, all equally. Those who've got a gift of encouraging, that's, that's a precious gift of the Holy Spirit for the community. So it's not about... Um, profile it's it's not about that at all if a gift uh, if someone has a gift of leading it's it's more apparent maybe but it's no more important than any other gift they're all gifts of the holy spirit they're all by grace so someone that has a more prominent gift doesn't mean it's any more important or that they've deserved it or that they're any better it's all grace what have you got says paul somewhere else apart from what god gave you Zilch, nada, nothing, nil, nothing. It's all by grace. And, and, and he, do you notice how he's talking about two things at once? He's, talk, he's very strong on unity. Each one of you have got this. You're one body and he's very strong on diversity. But you're, wow, are you different? You've all got different stuff that I've given. But it's me that's given it. It's me that's made you one. It's me that's made you different. That's a great thing to grasp hold of in a local church. Saves a lot of hassle. Hey, we're all different, praise God. We've all got different contributions, different abilities. And at the same time, we are all one because of his grace. Amen? 
Good. Right, now let's turn to, in the last few minutes, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12. Talking about the same thing, but writing not to Corinth, but to Rome. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized, drenched by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We are all given the one spirit to drink, and the body is not made up of one part, but many. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, you're all one body, but here he talks about their differences. He says, some of you are Jewish. Some of you are from are, are Gentiles, which actually the word is, is to do with ethnicity. You're from different countries. Well, that's tr- true of us. Most are British, but some are not British. That's okay. And then he says, some of you are slave and some of you are free. In other words, some people had much more money than other people. Some people really scraping the barrel had no money, just had to work and work because they were slaves. Some people really rich. In other words, in terms of income and background and, and ethnicity, they were all really, really different. What united them? Well, it was the same spirit that was working amongst them. It's the same saviour, the same father, and the same Holy Spirit that was working amongst them. And then in verse um, 15, he, uh, he, he does like Paul's drama. I don't think you'd really get him as on as a stand-up, Paul, but it's the nearest he gets to, to you know, comedy. Bear with him. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it wouldn't, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if an ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it wouldn't, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So that's Paul's little silly silly illustration, but it's very vivid. He's saying, you know, imagine a foot. I wish I had time to draw a little face on the bottom of his shoe. You know, a foot. Imagine your foot saying, I don't belong because I'm not a hand. I mean, the hand's really useful, isn't it? I mean, if I was a hand, I'd be useful as it is. I'm no good for anything. They just put a sock, put a sock over me, hide me in a shoe. What's the point of me? You see, you see what he's sort of saying? He's saying, because I'm not a hand. Well, that, that's, that's sort of... That, I know it's silly, but that comes right into the lie of self-rejection. Because I'm not like this, I don't fit. And that, that, we might not do the silly thing, but most of us have thought like that at some point in our life, haven't we? Because I'm not like this, I don't fit in. He's saying, no, look, look just because you're a foot doesn't mean you have to be a hand. Because you're a foot and you're great at being a foot. Do you, see, do you see what he's saying? So it comes right against the lie of self-rejection. What if an ear says, he goes on to say, what if an ear says, but I don't want to be an ear. I want to be an eye. Well, your spectacles would look stupid for a start. 
I mean, you wouldn't see anything, would you? I can't, I can't see anything out of my ears. And if I did, I still wouldn't see where I was going. I'd see what was coming both sides. I'd be all right crossing the road. But, you know, but I couldn't live. It'd be difficult to read a book. It's just stupid. He's using this, a, a ridiculous picture, but, but he picks on real things in our hearts, doesn't he? It's actually just like we can reject ourselves so we can spend too much time comparing ourselves with others or envying others. Oh, yeah, if only I, if only I was like John Baldock. Oh, he's smarter than me. He's taller than me. You, you, you know, be, might not be John Baldock. You might not even know John Baldock. That's fine. But, but we, do, we do that. Do you see what I'm saying? That, that, that comparison with others. Oh, oh, what I really, now, it's fine to look at other people and learn from them. That's fine. But to be, want to be them, is imp- well, for a start, it's impossible. They're fully occupied being themselves. You know, they're taken. You can't be them. They're taken already. It's them. You, you've got to be you. The best you you can be with Jesus' help. Compassion. It comes against that compassion and that envy. Now, I know that's a bit of a process, working out how we fit in and giving, but we need to give ourselves and other people the freedom to do that in every season. Don't want to be an I. Don't want to be someone else. Don't reject yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. And then in verse 17, he, get, he goes a bit Monsters Inc. and says, can you imagine just one giant I? or one huge ear it's useless it's ridiculous but but it it does it does get to that heart where some sometimes we think i wish i was like x you you fill in the gap and he says no don't do that embrace your diversity be at ease with your differences amongst you I know sometimes that means we grate up against each other. I can't stop, Judy, because I'm running out of time. But um, I know it means we rub up against each other. But embrace who God has made you to be. And then he talks about, in verse 21, the, the, um, we've got to break through the, the lie or the, the stronghold of independence. Where he talks in verse 21 about, I don't need you. Where is it? The eye can't say, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. That's the lie of independence. You know, we need each other. All of us need everybody else. A body needs the whole body to be a body. Does that make sense? If one bit's missing, then it's not the body it could be. It's a bit less than it could be. There's, there's a lie that sometimes in extremists we think, I'd be, I'd be better off... Hello, it's a busy morning, isn't it? It's the Bible. I know. Hey, oh, honestly, the things I struggle against. Just because it's David Suchet doesn't mean you stop listening to me. You know. <laughs> well, we're all different. <laughs> Where was I? Oh yeah, we can't say I don't need you. We even need the people whose phones go off in the middle of the talk. We need, we need them desperately. Uh, for a laugh, if nothing else. <laughs> Lots of other reasons as well. We need each other. I've just got the gifts I, I've got. I've realised we had a team day t- together yesterday, elders team. It was great. I, I need all of them. We're all very different. It's a great, real privilege to be leading a church with people that have become friends over years, where you, where you really get on, where you can be exactly who you are, including all your vulnerabilities, and people still love you. 
still believe in you. That's a great privilege. That's how we should be as a church. He finishes off saying, actually, in the body, you have equal concern for one another. He says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Well, that's been a bit of a rush, but you know, we're, we're a community of the Holy Spirit. And I'm pleased that we can rejoice when someone gets healed and we can weep when there's a tragedy amongst us. That's how it should be in the body of Christ because we are a body. So God help us. So let's this year be people that are looking to say, hey Lord, I want your ex, what's it again? unconscionable grace to work through me. I want to expect miracles. And, and let's ask ourselves, how can my abilities and gifts what you've made me, how can that help others? How, where can I serve? Where can I contribute? Because it's as we do that that the body of Christ is built up. It's as we do that, valuing others, that we maintain a sense of unity and community. Good. Well, I'm pretty well out of time. So can I just pray for us and commit us to the Lord? And then we'll, we'll close there. Yeah, if you're someone that... Um, that, that rejects yourself just in the, in the stillness of this moment as we um, earth things before God just, just acknowledge that just say God I'm sorry that I reject myself when you don't reject me forgive me with dis- for disagreeing with you thank you for your love and acceptance if you're someone that compares yourself unfavorably with others, then let's just bring that to the Lord now. God, forgive us that we sometimes compare ourselves with others rather than embracing who you've made us to be. Forgive us. Help us to accept that you put us together in our mother's wombs, that you made us with our personalities and you knew what you were doing. So we thank you for who you've made us to be. And if you're someone that really just has a big independent streak <laughs> and you feel like you can make it on your own, then just bring that to God. Lord, we know you've not made us to be independent, but to be interdependent. Thank you that you've made us by your grace part of a body. Thank you for your kindness that put us into Christ. Thank you that the same Holy Spirit works in all of us. The same Saviour saves all of us. That the gifts you've given, whether high profile or low profile, are all gifts of your grace, all kindnesses of your Spirit. We ask you that we would find our place in the body of Christ. That we would do our bit to build up the body, to encourage each other, to rejoice with each other in the good times, to weep with each other in the hard times. For the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.